Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tire. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Oh, yes. Good morning to you. Top of 26 degrees today. Beautiful day to get around the fringe and Wom Adelaide. Adelaide is on fire right now. Now, we're about to talk to uh, the former Premiership champion Crows captain, that is Mark Bickley. He's going to give us some of his insights on the year ahead. But, Bryce, this was a magical moment for me yesterday. Cam Green, his first ever century in Test cricket, and he seems to go well in the subcontinent, a little bit better than here, but this was the moment. Two out on the offside. Jadeja to Green, cutting away, out through point. Has it got the legs before? It certainly does. Cameron Green, 100 not out here at Umderbad, rips off the helmet, swings the bat over to his colleagues on the balcony. He has balanced defence and attack superbly from the moment he walked in yesterday. Just the third Australian to reach three figures in India in over a decade, delivering on this immense promise. Oh, exciting times. That's uh, such a different pitch from what they've had earlier in the series. Earlier on, these snake pits, these uh, spinning bamboozle pitches that... Uh, get the better of everyone. The ball is sort of the winner in all those matches. But this one looks like it's a lot more flatter. And I dare say they had a conversation with the curators about making a pitch that can last. Well, do you reckon that's the the tactics here, Tommy? Yeah. It's absolutely completely different to what we've seen in the Test Series so far. And is it – well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because if they're playing in in this world – Championship final over mm. in England, potentially against Australia. Yes. I'm talking I, India. I hear what you're saying. It's going to be a lot closer wicket to what it is, what they're batting on at the moment. Maybe they're just preparing, want to practice. Absolutely. Under game-like intensity before heading over there to uh, to play yeah. Australia, maybe. And and commercially as well, because the, they would have a few sponsors going, we can't have two-day test matches. We've got uh, several ads we need to get away and a little bit more revenue to make out of that. So can you please make us a pitch that's going to last? But right now on the line, we've got the Crows dual premiership captain, Mark Bickley with us. He's going to run us through some of his predictions for 2023. Good morning, Bix. How are you going? I'm well, Tom. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. And now let's get straight into it. We saw uh, the other day that you've got Melbourne rated as your your premiership fancy. Walk us through why that is. Yeah, look, I, I just think uh, if we we cast our mind back to halfway through last year, they, I think they were about ten and zip at one stage, and we we're all thinking um, this is a, almost a foregone conclusion. And just thought in the back half of the year, they they just lost their way a little bit, uh, particularly in the, the front half of the ground. So. Just feel like they they would have uh, had a chance to recoup. They'd be hurting after going out in, in straight sets in the finals after finishing second at the end of the minor round. So I just feel like knowing Simon Goodwin, um, I, I just know that he would be really smarting on that. They bring Grundy in, and mm. with Grundy and Gorn, I just think that's going to be a really good combination. They got two All Australian defenders. They got 
a number of All-Australian midfielders. It just looks like they've got the personnel to, to bounce back. Uh, Bix, uh, so that's your premiership favourites in Melbourne. Uh, just on to the Crows and Port teams. Obviously, it's going to be a fascinating start to the year for both sides and, and both sides will be under a, a little bit of pressure for different reasons. Obviously, the Crows coming out of this rebuild and, and Port obviously failing to produce last year. Did you have either of the SA sides making the top eight this year? I did. I, I, I had Port Adelaide, or I still have Port Adelaide making the top eight. I must say I'm a little bit nervous after <laughs> formulating my opinion a couple of weeks ago before the uh, before the start of the season. I, similar to Melbourne, I, I just feel like Port Adelaide last year, they just got away to a, a wretched start to the year. Um, zip and five is, is really hard work. And two of those games, one was after the siren to Adelaide. I think another one was by a couple of points in round five to, uh, might have been Carlton or Collingwood. So, Throughout the year, they lost seven games by under two goals. So you don't have to improve a great deal. Let's say they, you know, next year, instead of losing seven by under two kicks, they, they win four of those games. All of a sudden, that puts them in the bottom half of the eight. So that's where I see them finishing. I feel like Rosie's probably going to be a better player this year. Horn Francis and Rioli add something to their side. They just were decimated with their rucks last year. So... I think Lysette's really important for them. And, and, and last year, for the first half of the season, they didn't have Dixon, so it was really just Todd Marshall. So I just feel like their four line, Marshall, Georgiati, Dixon, Rioli, a bit of Horn Francis, I just feel like that's a little bit more dangerous and imposing than what it was last year. And Bix, on the Crows, I've heard you say, yes, they've got to improve, but not just improve at a rate that's higher than... Uh, every Because everyone's looking to improve. So they're going to have to jump up quite a bit to... Um, to get into the eight this year. Where do you see, if it was to happen, in a glass-half-full situation, where do you see the improvement coming from for the Crows? Oh, look, I think their front half is is really good. You know, you think about... Um, uh, you've got Taylor Walker up there and Darcy Fogarty. I think uh, the linchpin will be Darcy Fogarty. I think his last 11 mm-hmm. games last year, he kicked over 30 goals. So you extrapolate that out. That's a 60-goal year for Darcy Fogarty. Now, you know, you have to be a little bit cautious in terms of doing it for 11 games. There's no guarantee you come out and just pick that straight up where you left off. But his early season form has looked pretty solid. So I think that's really positive. Taylor Walker sort of slots in there as well. And, and you know, with Rochelle, if he can stay fit in his second year and, and Rankin, like you've got, you've actually got some weapons up there. So I think that's important. The midfield's the linchpin, though. They've got to be able to get Enough supply and enough good supply. Um, so yeah, that that's going to be the question. And for mine, I've always just felt like they're a little bit blue-collar. They're all, they're all a bit the same. Mm. And um, you look at Melbourne, and you, you, know, you use Melbourne as an example, Oliver and Petrarca are just two elite midfielders, probably in the top five midfielders in the competition. Then you've got Jack Viney, who is just a great player, but he's not quite at that level. I feel like Adelaide have got three or four Jack Vineys, but they don't have a Petrarca or an Oliver or both. So that's going to be the challenge, not just this year. I think, you know, Berry and Pedler and, you know, some of those players are going to be really good players. But do they have the potential to be in the top five midfielders in the competition? And when you look at um, some of the other clubs that are that are pushing to win the flag, whether it's Richmond with... Um, with Martin in there and that was you know the linchpin of their success and now they've got Hopper and Taranto Brisbane have got Lockie Neal the Brownlow medalist and, and then they've added a best and fairest winner in, in Josh Dunkley uh, Melbourne we've talked about a bit 
uh, Geelong have Dangerfield and, and others who they've been able to introduce through that. So I just feel like that is a real linchpin to success and, that, and it's real top-end talent. And when you look at, let's say, Port Adelaide, maybe not quite there yet, but, you know, Wines is a Brownlow medalist. You've got Rosie who's pushing there and I was really impressed with Horn Francis mm-hmm. in that second half against Fremantle. It looked like he had some some top-end speed and, and power. So, you know, Adelaide... I really liked what I've seen so far. They've just been, they look fit, they look really hard, they look desperate and hungry, which is a great thing to have. Pedler's been really impressive. Rankin and Rochelle have, have gone through the middle. Saligo's another one that looks really classy. Mm. But the question will be, how quickly can can they, or, or is it possible for them to become, you know, A-grade midfielders who, who are all Australians? That's the challenge for me that I see with Adelaide. And just one continuation question for that from the Adelaide forward line. It looks like they're going to go with maybe Himmelberg as that second tall uh, relieved ruckman. We we know there's been a bit of talk about Riley O'Brien and whether he's the the man to to be the number one ruckman at the club. But with a guy like Riley Philthorpe, now we know he's going to be a star. Is it just a case of he still needs a little bit more time to develop and fill out and and still get? Um, a bit more experience, or is it, or is it he's just not up to it just yet? Where, where's your take on that? Because my personal view, I, I think just they should, I think they should just put him in there and, and let him experience the games and and develop from there. But it looks like they're probably going to go down the Elliot at Himmelberg to as that second tall option uh, leading into round one. <laughs> Have we got you there, Bix? Just dropped oh, out there. That's all right. He's uh, he's dropped into the ether. I think that was um, as I was into that question. I found it quite offensive, Bryce. So um, <laughs> he must I think not like that question. he's uh, look. He's uh, he's on his way back now, Mark Bickley. But I think on on the, yeah, I, I share that view with you, Bryce. That uh, Riley Thilthorpe just has to play. Like you, he's he, one of those perfect examples of so much potential, and it's about getting that first fifty to seventy games into him, get that experience back. Uh, Bix, have we got you there? Yeah, yeah, I, I got the question. I was about to answer and somehow I, I dropped out. No, no, that's I, okay. It's a, it's a really interesting one because, you know, they're, they're exactly the two schools of thought you, you both explained there where, you know, Riley, you, you feel like he's going to be a great player and you've got to get games into him. But at the same time, uh, th- there is um, a danger in in uh, gifting games. You know, if, how do you have the conversation with um, Elliot Himmelberg where you say, mm. look, you're our second best option up there and you've, had a great pre-season, just like we asked you to. And you you go, okay, in the ruck, you take a couple of marks in the forward line and kick goals. But because we've got a young bloke who we think is the future, we're going to play him instead of you. Like, it just doesn't... I'm just not sure that's the value system that uh, that Matthew Nix has uh, sort of tried to sort of embody in his players. I think the reason they are hungry and they look pretty connected and they're you know going about their business in a really good manner is because they all feel like they're working towards something. And if you... If you do the work and you put in the energy and the effort, that you'll be rewarded. So I think it's not a disaster. Riley Philthorpe's 20 years of age. And, you know, I think we saw with the Western Bulldogs last year with Jamari Eaglehagen, mm. everyone really wanted to, to bring him on really quickly. Uh, you know, they, I think they sort of withheld that temptation to do that. And I think that's probably going to be rewarded in the, uh, in the long run because what ends up happening is Riley... Thorpe will go back, he'll play Sandfield footy, he'll probably be too good at that level and he'll take contested marks, he'll run around and get lots of touches. So he comes in, he comes in feeling good about himself. The flip side is, 
he hasn't, you know, been dominating at AFL level and he's been sort of battling away, doing a few nice things. If he plays the first three rounds, doesn't really set it on fire, you know, then the, the talk is, why isn't he, what's going on? Why isn't he playing well? Um, and, and then potentially goes back to the sample after that. So I just feel like to give him the best chance of success, he's got to earn his spot. He knows that. He's a competitive young man. So he'll be he'll be fine and he'll work really hard, get in good form, and then when he comes in, hopefully he stays in and he's a really important contributor to Adelaide. Yeah, I do think his his best spot is actually being mobile and and around the ground, around the ball. I've got a conspiracy theory, Bix. I I think he's going to go and uh, they're hopefully going to play him in ruck in the SANFL and and he begins to dominate there in the ruck position. And then I'm hoping they experiment with Riley Tilthorpe and uh, Elliot Himmelberg's kind of 50-50 rotating. Yeah, look, I know that that's what they've done uh, throughout the preseason. They've done a lot of match sim and they've matched up those two young blokes, or the two sort of lesser experienced ruckmen in Tilthorpe and Himmelberg against Strawn and and O'Brien. And I think it's pretty close in terms of what the output is. And and whilst they won't win as many hit-outs, it's what happens when the ball hits the ground. I still think that, that Riley O'Brien brings uh, enormous work rate. He's, you know, he, he gets back in defence. He, he probably marks the ball more than Himmelberg does around the ground. He clearly doesn't use it as well. And I think that's what they have to try and do. They have to try and uh, maximise when he does take a mark. Too often he goes back and he kicks it. Like, it should yeah. never be that way. <laughs> he should just be marking it. And someone should be literally within seconds taking the ball off him and uh, you know, you've got blokes like Dawson and Hinge and Smith that are all great kicks, Parnell across half-back, and that's where generally he's marking the footy. So they should have a rule that, that yeah. Rolly O'Brien should never kick. <laughs> and I think if, you know, he gets his share of clearance at ground level. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be close. But I think what you mentioned at the start about Riley Thilthorpe, I, I think there's been a little bit of a, a swing in terms of what people are expecting from him. Often when he was first drafted, you know, most of us thought he was going to be a power forward in the mm. Max and Ben King sort of mould and Tom Lynch, uh, you know, Richmond Tom Lynch style. But I think they've sort of moved away from that now and saying he's going to be more the Luke Jackson style, you yeah. know, second ruck, 30 40% ruck time, do some work in the forward half, but certainly not going to be that huge power forward that... Um, uh, that maybe some of us thought who hadn't seen a lot of him play, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see wh- where he does land. Yeah, fascinating. I, I agree with that last point there, Bix. Thank you so much for uh, blessing us with your time this morning and some of your predictions. A um, bit, bit of fascinating insight, and uh, you're allowed to get on with your day now and the rest of your morning. <laughs> no problems at all. Anytime, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, dual premiership captain and uh, star of our new weekday show, Mark Bickley right there. Bryce, a little later in the show, we're going to run through some of our predictions. And a couple of those ones are going to be uh, a little off-Broadway. The most uh, likely players to go off the rails this year. I've got my top five, so I'm going to be releasing that. It's uh, I know, And I know you've got great expectations around that one. But up next, we've got an exclusive chat with Cameron Green. He spoke to uh, Brat Cinderacen and Adam Collins last night after his wonderful 100. We are powered by Lumo Energy SA. We're coming to you from Studio Lumo, of course, and City Discount Tyres. City Discount Tyres SUV tyre deals are on now. It's a top of 26 degrees today and it's 18 minutes past nine.